I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, not with Benji Nyson. Today, with the young climbing sensation from Astana, Alexander Vlasov. This is the Vuelta First Rest Day Recap Podcast, brought to you by LaCole. As you know, LaCole produce performance road cycling apparel. They provide the kit to Bahrain McLaren. You can check them out at www.lacole.cc. But today's interview with Alexander, more of a check-in to see how his season is going. As you might know, he started the Giro d'Italia, then had to abandon with some bad stomach issues. But then I think he recovered after a week or so and was able to go back out onto the bike. And now he started the Vuelta. And I think it's more of a case of seeing how he'd go at the Vuelta, obviously a big talent, did really well before lockdown in uh, Provence, uh, and then after lockdown in Giro dell'Emilia, Lombardia, and Piemonte even as well. So a massive talent, one baby Giro back in 2018, and certainly going to be a man to watch in the future. But here's our interview with him today. Welcome to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Um, one of the biggest names we've had on, actually. We're really excited to have you on. We know you won baby Giro in I think 2018 you came to the Giro this year and it didn't work out for whatever reason the sickness etc but you won Giro dell'Emilia a one-day race I think the first question is do you see yourself as a one-day racer who tries with the stage races etc like maybe Jakob Fulsang does or are you Grand Tour in the future is Grand Tour is your main goal uh, so I prefer stage races, uh, and uh, also my goal in the future is to win a Grand Tour or be on the podium. It will be uh, very, very um, nice for me. But also, um, yeah, sometimes, um, yeah, the one-day races it uh, depend. Sometimes I can go well, sometimes not. Be- because of, before the Giro di Emilia, I do also Lombardia, Grand Piemonte. So it was a block of races. When the maybe first, first Grand Prix Monte, it was hard for me. But after uh, Lombardia and Emilia, I feel very good. So I, maybe I need to some days to do fast uh, uh, before the race, which I um, want to win. So for this reason, I prefer stage races because uh, some first stage to start my engine. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, to get like to to build into yeah, the race. So to build uh, to get a rhythm. Yeah. And then uh, to go full gas and uh, try to win. And what sort of climbs suit you? I know we saw we saw in the Giro d'Italia, Rowan Dennis. I'm not sure you're in the Vuelta, so maybe you haven't been able to watch so much of the Giro. But we saw Dennis on Stelvio. It's like steady six percent average grade for twenty kilometers. Six percent. Uh, he does well on he did well on those sort of climbs. But then in the Vuelta you're in now, it's been irregular gradients like it's been like 10 percent five percent and then it's sort of then Roglic Dan Martin like the Liège Flesh Wallon style riders punching in that last kilometer what what suits you more I know you won Emilia beating Almeida there but 
what do you prefer? Like, the, I know you won Mont Ventoux Challenge, which is the longer style. Do you have a preference between those two, the short punch or the longer ones? No, I prefer long climbs, long, big, long climbs. Well, yeah, when you, if you see Mont Ventoux, it's a long, long climb, and I go on my regular rhythm, and the final kilometers I do very fast, but regular. But also, yes, I, I can do, um, I, sometimes uh, I like uh, hard climbs, uh, short and hard, because I'm light, and also I can do some different difference uh, in the short and uh, hard uh, hills. Coming into the Vuelta, I mean, in the Giro, I know you were unwell. Was that just a, like a 24-hour, like a stomach bug thing that eventually passed? Because then you're obviously able to start the Vuelta a couple of weeks afterwards. Uh, yeah, on the Giro, I feel very, very bad with stomach problems. But and also after one, maybe five days, I, when I was at home, I feel not very good. But... Uh, and then I tried to um, go out for trainings. My feelings was um, yeah, was bad, but my team says that um, take it easy and uh, we will try to do Vuelta. It's uh, three weeks of races, maybe of racing. Maybe uh, the first week will be hard for me, but uh, then we hope I will feel me better. And um, yes, it's it's um, hap- it's happened uh, like they said. The first stage for me was very hard, but yeah. the day by day I feel me um, better. So now my shape is uh, not so bad. And I saw you attacking actually on that, Dan. I saw you maybe struggling a bit on the first couple of stages and then the stage that Dan Martin won, you actually got a decent gap when you attacked and I thought, oh, he must be, Vlasov must be feeling better uh, on that stage. And then now that you're... I mean, oh, okay, let's first talk about yesterday's stage because that just looked so shit, that weather and the cold. Yeah. Like, how? what was it like? Because the cameras couldn't even cover it. Uh, like, what was happening on that last climb, which on paper didn't look that hard, like 5% average gradient, but was the weather just so rough? Yeah, yeah. On the paper, it's not a, not a hard stage, but in the really, it was hard because of, hard because it was cold and rain, rainy. Uh, also for me, it's not the best weather. With <laughs> not the best weather because with cold I am uh, uh, not go very well. And uh, in the last downhill, I was uh, fr- uh, froze. And uh, when we start the um, final climb, I was behind, and my team uh, teammates uh, wait for me. When we come back, I was uh, all in. The- <laughs> It was uh, the start of the real climb, and well, it was a hard day for me. Uh, but uh, it was hard because it uh, was very, very cold. But that's strange because I was looking up. You're from uh, Vyborg, or like near in in Russia. Obviously, is that where you're from? Like near the Finland border? Yes, I come from Vyborg. It's in near Finland. Uh, yes, it is uh, in my in my city. Were always a bad weather. <laughs> uh, but I don't like it. I prefer uh, hot. So you really yeah. uh, hot weather <laughs> for me. Much better to race when it, when it's um, thirty five degrees. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm obviously living in Australia. If it gets under twenty five degrees, it's too cold to train outside here. Um, <laughs> so I agree with you there. But so now that you're a little bit behind on GC, what's the goal now for the next week? Is it to maybe lose a little bit more time 
on purpose so you can get in the breakaway or see or maybe see how you go for the until the next rest day and maybe move up back into the top 10 hey it is my first grand tour so i don't want i don't know what uh, what to expect on the third week and now i just do the uh, it's a new experience for me so with six minutes in the general classifications that i lose i am now i'm more free also i can i can go in some breakaways um uh, it's it's possible but also i will try to do to arrive always near with the guys who uh who joke the general classification and maybe if i do very well all the all days all all these two weeks that we need to race maybe i will i can come back in the top 10 on the gc in the gc uh, we will see but of course i will try to get some uh, good breakaway to recover some um, some seconds some minutes don't know yes i agree because this welter we saw yesterday jumbo visma are not as strong on the flat as they were in the tour de france they don't have tony martin they don't have grundal jansen so yeah, it's difficult to close every breakaway every day so if you get in the break it's kind of like what quintana or landa did in the tour de france you get in the break you can actually gain Quintana gained like eight minutes back or six minutes or something whilst getting the break and also going for stage wins. So, yeah, I think stage eight, I think, has like a mountaintop finish. And I think I was looking back, that looked, I thought if you got in a break there, it'd be pretty, pretty difficult to, to beat you there. Or even if you're in the GC group and you're six minutes back, like when, you, when they closed you down on that stage that Martin won, were you surprised they closed you down when you attacked? Um, because you'd also lost some time already by then. On this day, I feel me pretty good, but uh, yeah, I was in front and just I I just try to attack just to feel uh, to to get this feeling uh, how I will see when I do some, uh, some attacks and after what 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 will be my feeling? Yeah, it was uh, just a test for me yeah. to try to attack and then uh, look uh, how the how other riders react uh, on this uh... so people maybe people that didn't know about you previously your progression from maybe 2016 17 18 19 to 2020 it's been quite like better each year better each year the results and then last and then you sort of did really well in Sibiu tour i think and behind sosa and then did well in baby giro what's been the biggest difference between now this is your first year of World Tour, I think, and you're on Gazprom in 2019. What's been the biggest difference between 19, 2019 Vlasov and now this year? Is it just an improvement in watts? Is it endurance? Is it just better race experience or efficiency? Like what has been the biggest difference? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a race experience. And also now I have a strong team which can uh, help me very, very well. When they always with me. I'm with me. Uh, we're always on the good position, and it's much easier to um, to race. Yeah, I spend uh, less energy during the stage because my teammates always help me. Uh, and so with a strong team, it's uh, much easier. Easier. Yeah, I think when I spoke to Jack Haig on Mitchell and Scott, he said he could see in his power files. The race where he was like the the leader and the race where he was not the leader, he could see just throughout the stage the difference in power, like the normalized power, just from even on easier stages when you're the protected leader. So, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. 
but it's so it's not been like a all day i stay on the wheels and those of course i can do the final climb uh, very very good watts because i save energy before so going into the i know you're in the welter so you probably haven't thought about it yet but going into this off season which is going to be really weird because everyone you're going to be in the off season starting in november really late what will be the things you'll be focusing on most will it be getting in the wind tunnel for tt we've seen how important that is uh will it be anaerobic efforts at the end of a climb like what will be the things you think you'll focus on uh in this off season yeah first two weeks i i think i will <laughs> i will rest completely <laughs> without bike uh, without <laughs> my head will, will be free and um, after yeah i think i hope i will go to the wind tunnel because if i want to do um, to do well uh, grand tours and also some one week stage races I need to improve my time trial, and for this, I need to be perfect, to be in the perfect position on my TT bike. And yeah, and also after that, uh, I will start uh, some uh, trainings, aerobic things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was, people seem to now realize everyone realizes TT is just so important, and especially with Tour de France next year, it has like a hundred kilometers or something, eighty kilometers of TT um not that you might necessarily do the tour de france but yeah tt is just so important we saw obviously jai hindley lost the Giro solely on his tt um but going back to um earlier this year was there any race where this year where you realized oh shit i'm this is it i'm really now at the like top level i'm one of the big guys now or i'm I'm really capable of winning the big races. Was it Mont Blanc 2? Was it before then? Was it um, Lombardia or Emilia? Which race stood out to you the most where you were like, I am now really up there with the big guys? Yeah, from the start of the season, in my, in my first race, uh, Tour de la Provence, I was second in the GC behind uh, Nairo Quintana. So and I I thought that uh, oh really I can uh, I can fight with uh, the best uh, riders uh, and after was a long period without races um, and then then when when we restart uh, with the first race uh, to uh, La Rodi Occitanie I was third in the GC and I and I thought that uh, yes I'm uh, really strong and I can fight uh, with Bernal with Sivakov and uh, Pinot with other riders who was uh, on the podium on the Grand Tours uh, and I thought that uh, also I can um, one day I can become uh, um, <laughs> a really strong and good rider for the Grand Tour podium. Yeah, I remember I did a video on that Quintana Von Two stage and his numbers, like his watts were crazy. Like he did really good numbers that day. And I think, yeah, you, Lutsenko and Carthy came in maybe a minute behind. And I was like, yeah. that's still really good numbers, what you guys did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Quintana was flying. Yeah, that, that was a crazy day. And then you all got, all you guys go into lockdown, or not, maybe not lockdown, but races stop. Where did you um set up or where were you during during lockdown were you did you go back home or is your home in in italy spain or france somewhere no i was in russia in my home 
Uh, it was a, a nice month for me because uh, I'm always uh, in Europe and on training camps or races. Uh, races. And uh, it was a, a nice time for me because I w- was with, fam- with my family. Some riders reacted differently to it. It seemed like Geraint Thomas, he didn't train as much. And then there was, um, I think, Halverson or maybe the Norwegian guy who was on EF didn't train as much. Were you... Did you expect racing to come back this year? And like, how difficult did you find training with no predefined, no goals or no races on the calendar um, after that when no, you got sent I home? just tried to keep my shape uh, with, uh, no, sorry, with um, some aerobic uh, trainings and also with uh, core stability and some stretching uh, to be in shape, just to be in shape. And then uh, when the team say that we um, start the season in in August, so if, um, uh, after that I tried to focus on the races that that the uh, that August, September, October will be will be very um, uh, full of races. And so in the in the summer, from June, July, I trained uh, very very well, very hard on the road. And uh, I become. Um, it was uh, like a new season, and uh, in the August I arrived um, well prepared. Yeah, that's that's good. And it seems like, to be honest, it seems like most of the peloton did because all the numbers that people are doing across the board seem to be really, really strong. All the perform- climbing performances, um, Tour de France records, even Stelvio record in Giro. It seems like, do, do you think having that like three to four months off racing, being able to train, no crashes, no transfers, no disruption, back in home, like around your family, comfortable, less pressure, do you think that contributed to everyone maybe going up a higher level or have you not really seen a difference in level from before and after lockdown? Everyone, uh, I'm more fresh now maybe. Also in the August, uh, like uh, yeah, it's like a new season, the start of the new season when everyone fresh, and everyone have their legs. Everyone want to race, want to win. Also because it's a short season, uh, just uh, about three months, so everyone uh, want to win as much as possible in this in this short period. And also I think uh, some of them spend a good time with family, and their head was was free without cycling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without, yeah, without. Uh, no. training, I'm, not edit, not, I'm not editing that training out. Training camps, yeah, transfer, <laughs> a lot of races. Uh, so uh, they was they was um, more f- uh, free. Yeah, true, and like we've seen that with people, maybe a lot of teams where a lot of riders are out of contract. You're not out of contract, but a lot of riders were are out of contract. They're just try- everyone's trying to get some sort of race results. Even the fight to get in the breakaway as hard as ever um, with people just trying to show themselves. But I know I've taken up a lot of your time, Alexander. Let people know, or maybe you don't want to let people know. Um, I've already picked out a stage for you in the Vuelta that I think you're going to come top three in. I think the stage, I think stage eight, you're going to do well in. But what stage should we be looking out for in the Vuelta that you think you could do pretty well on um, in, the, in the remaining two weeks? I want to try Angliru. I want oh, to yeah? stay with. I want to stay. Yeah, I want to stay with the best climbers on the Angleru, 
and I um, I will see my feelings because it's a long and a very very hard climb, really hard. So I will try to 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 arrive in the top ten. We may with the best climbers with Roglic, Carapaz. So if I arrive with them, um, it means that I'm a really strong climber. All right. Well, Angler Route, we're going to be looking out for you there. I know. Thank you for bearing with me. I know my Australian accent is like a lot of people don't understand me that well. Um, <laughs> my thick accent. You speak English better than I do, just about. Um, but thanks for joining, Alexander. Any last words uh, for Lantern Rouge cycling fans? They can find you. You got Instagram as well. I know you, you post on Instagram. I'll put that down below. Um, but yeah, any last words for for people? Oh, I, I want to say thank you for all, uh, for all uh, people who look uh, Vuelta now, and uh, maybe I and my team we will fight uh, the last two weeks of the on the of the Vuelta and try uh, to come back in the top ten in the GC maybe. This was our Vuelta rest day recap with Alexander Vlasov. Thank you to Alexander and Astana for making this interview possible. Bit of a tradition now, getting the interviews going on the uh, the rest day instead in lieu of a proper recap. I kind of like doing the interviews, checking with the rider in the race. Uh, let us know down below whether you like them as well. And we'll certainly be cheering on Alexander, possibly on that Angleroo stage, which he picked out. But thanks as well to Lacole for sponsoring the podcast throughout the Vuelta. You can check them out via the link down below. And we'll be back with regular programming tomorrow with the Vuelta Stage 7 recap as well as our Giro d'Italia full recap, which will be dropping sometime tomorrow as well. Hope you're well. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 